Am I doing well? Well, the, the crowd is slim, but I am so thankful that some of you had faith that God would part the waters and allow you to reach the other side, right? Man, I tell you, uh, what a, a rainstorm will do to a crowd, but uh, I, I, it's understandable to some degree. That was quite a storm. Uh, we were here in the first service, and it was, uh, it was pretty crazy as that water came down, and they were telling me the lights were flickering, but I was, I was just, uh, I didn't notice, so anyway. But anyway, good to see you here this morning. I, I tell you, I was just thinking about how wonderful it was as, as Gabe was baptizing uh, four more in the second service today. We, we, like he said earlier, we baptized two in the first service. And it's just, it's remarkable to be able to celebrate baptisms. But it's also, I was just thinking as I was watching the, uh, the, the bumper video just now, the testimonies of, of those who have come forth to partner with the church and have found Cross Point Church a place to belong, a place that they can call home, just how encouraging it is to know that God is at work in so many different ways, amen? That God's working in the lives of people. I tell you, it, baptism is a great way to just testify to that. Uh, it, it's a way to say, you know what, I just wanna publicly say before uh, my faith family that, uh, that God has done something spectacular in my life, and, I, and so I wanna follow through with believer's baptism. And I, I just love the reality that God is always at work in so many different ways all around us. And, uh, you know, you, all you have to do is just look around and, and uh, just uh, take time to, to notice what God is doing in the lives of people because he is, he is truly moving in so many different ways. Um, this morning, I'd just like to thank God as we prepare to dive into God's word together, just sort of go to the Lord with a, a prayer of, of thanksgiving uh, for his faithfulness. Uh, and, and, you know, it's just so remarkable to see him working in our life and to know that he is always near and to know that he, is, he has our best interest at heart. And so I just want to thank God for what, uh, what he's done in our life, but also what he's doing and who he is. And so let's just let this prayer, as we get ready to dive into God's word, be a prayer of thanksgiving. Pray with me, if you will, this morning. So, Father, we thank you for this day, and we thank you, God, for, uh, God, your presence in this place. Father, the, the testimonies uh, that were given in the form of baptism this morning, God, just seeing you at work is, is truly uh, remarkable. Lord, as, as we hear the stories of life change, we hear the stories of transformation, of restoration. God, as we see people just follow through with, uh, with believers' baptism in a spirit of obedience, God, it's just so wonderful to see how you work in our life. And Lord, we are here today testifying, God, of, of just how wonderful you are, just how great you are, and how, God, we just are here today to worship you in spirit and truth. We do that through song. We do that through prayer and even through the reading and the preaching of your word. And so, Father, I, I thank you for your presence in this place. And I thank you, God, for your word that teaches us and encourages us and challenges us to think about the things that we need to be aware of, God, as we live our life, uh, Lord, just following you. We love you so much, Lord. We thank you for this time together as a faith family. And, Lord, we just ask that you bless this time as we dive into your word now. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, last week we were, we were looking at a passage in the book of James, and we were talking about the victory that we have in Christ Jesus. Specifically, we were talking about how when we find ourselves in times of trouble, how we should move to 
to a place of triumph, knowing that we have victory in Christ Jesus. And one of the things that we talked about and looked at was the reality that James, as he's writing this this book or this letter, uh, he is writing to a group of of, of Jewish Christians who have been persecuted for their faith and have been scattered abroad, and he's writing this, this book to encourage them and to challenge them and to cause them to think about things that would be beneficial to them as faithful followers in times of suffering, in times of trial, in difficult times that they're having to put up with. And so he's writing this letter, and the, the gist of what he is saying right off the bat, right at the very beginning of, of his letter, is you have victory in Christ Jesus. How many of you believe that with me this morning? That you have victory in Christ Jesus. And so that is so important for us to understand. It's so important for us to, to wrap our minds around and to embrace and to, to grab onto because, because there are times in our life where we feel totally uh, in, in a place of despair because of the suffering or the trials that we face in life. But what I find really interesting is the reality that as soon as James writes about that truth, he then turns to a different issue, one that is very much something that we need to hear about, one that is very much something that we need to understand, and he begins to, to shift gears rather quickly as he goes from talking about victory in Christ to talking about temptation and sin. And I think it's important that we understand just exactly why it is because we look at this and we think, man, the, the first, I mean, he starts off with this bang, this, this sort of encouraging message about victory in Christ, and all of a sudden he just kind of brings us to a place of just sort of lowering our heads and and finding ourselves sort of shameful over the sin that we might think about as we read this letter. But that's not James' intention at all. In fact, if you think about what James is doing, he is just challenged, he has just completely encouraged the people by thinking about this, this reality that even in the midst of trials and difficult times, we can be filled with joy and peace because we are victorious in Christ. But then he goes into this, looking at this issue of temptation and sin, and here's what I really believe. I believe he is talking about these things because he wants to protect the church from the things that he knows can harm them. And so we have this victory in Christ Jesus. We're going through these, these trials. We, see, we find joy in the midst of these trials because of who Jesus is. But it's almost as though James says, but... It's real easy for us to find ourselves in a place of defeat if we allow sin to enter into the picture. And so I believe that James, as he is writing this letter, he is thinking of two very important and very critical things for the people that he is writing to to understand. One, victory in Christ. Two, don't let sin enter into your world. Don't let sin wreck your life. And so that's what we're going to be looking at here this morning. And for those same reasons, I believe that James, he, he knew several things about sin. I believe James, first of all, knew that sin has a terrible effect on the believer. Sin is one of those things that we understand that when it creeps into our life, it can, it can, it can have an overwhelming effect on our life. And so I believe James was very much aware of that. And so for the same reasons, we need to be aware of that as well. But we also know this about sin, is that sin can also sneak in 
when we are very weak. And remember, the people that he's writing through, they've been persecuted. They've been through very difficult times. They're, in fact, going through trials as he's writing this letter. That's why he says, as, he, as you go through these trials, beware that you don't let these trials rob you of your joy. And so he, he, he's speaking into this, but he knows that in those weak moments, that's when sin can enter in. I, I, I love a, 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 a word from John Knox, who was a Scottish minister in the 1500s. He was a, he, he was a pastor, but also a, a theologian, and he was uh, also a leader of the, the Protestant Reformation. And, and so he writes these words talking about the sin that he himself often would deal with uh, when, when he was in those weak moments. And so he, he writes these words. He says, I know how hard the battle is between flesh and the spirit under the heavy cross of affliction. And so he's, he's given personal testimony, if you will, that sin can easily come in and cause him to wrestle between the spirit and the flesh, this, this wrestling between, you know, of sin. The, 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 the sinful things of this world are very enticing and they can pull you in. And when you are weak in those moments of stress, when you're weak in those moments of trial, if you're not careful, sin can easily come in. And so even John Stott, this amazing theologian, spoke of these trials that he faced. We look in the scripture and we see that even the apostle Paul dealt with sin in his life. And he, in chapter 7 of Romans, he even talks about this reality that, that there are often times in his life where he is wrestling with sin and he, he doesn't do what he wants to do and he, do, he does what he doesn't want to do. And so he's, he's basically confessing to the Roman church that he is not perfect, that he is a man just like they are who struggles with sin. And so he's identifying the reality of sin in his life. He writes in Romans 7, he writes these words. He says, for I do not understand my own actions. How many of you ever gotten to a place where you say, I just don't know why I'm doing these things that I'm doing, you know? And so he, he goes on and says, he says, I, I don't understand my actions. I don't know why being a person who follows Christ that I would fall victim to this thing. But he says, I do not understand my own actions. And then he says, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing that I hate, talking about sin. He says, now if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law that it is good. So now it is no longer I who do it, but the sin that dwells within me. And so the Apostle Paul, in this chapter, he goes on and on, just really revealing the, the, the wrestling that takes place, even as a believer in Christ Jesus, between the flesh, and the spirit. The spirit that is within us, the, the dwelling of the Holy Spirit, it says live for Jesus. It says 